with the Watch Out Sentinels. Chase. Listen up, Umi. This is a podcast with the most ducker. This is Forge the Narrative. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Forge the Narrative. My name is Paul, your host. We all have Lost Souls podcast. Joined by Tanya Gates. Hey, everybody. Red Powell and Adam Camilleri. What up? Oh, hey. Welcome, everyone. Hopefully, everyone is having a cool holiday season. Maybe getting some, some time to work on some projects or just time to relax and reflect and everything else. You know, or it's just another day and you're out there with that hustle, which is all good things. But thanks for coming here and joining us. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, probably the the Necrons, where they did really well this past weekend in the tournaments. Probably the first weekend that their codex was legal. Uh, yeah. So you know we see we saw some results from them, which is cool. And I really don't think it's necessarily like the new codex phenomenon. Like I, there's to be like a, like a shock to the system. Like of course the new thing is going to do well, but not necessarily maybe because it's too powerful because people haven't time had, had the reps to play against it. So there might be some gotchas in there. Well, it's definitely a case that when um, we're we're in relatively stable waters of the game at the moment, things are pretty well understood. I'm not quite sure the games is well. I think the top the kind of top end of the game is pretty solved. But me and you, Paul, and, and many others are really excited about how the middle of the game keeps kind of turning over every now and then. Orcs just kind of pop up and win a thing, and then they go back down a bit, and Death Guard rises up, or Chaos Knights, or some something else comes out of the middle of the pack and just has a phenomenal run. But um, because of that, when a new curse gets injected. And it brings things that are a little bit different to what we're, what everyone's kind of churning on up until that point. Because that's that's why things keep turning over in the middle of the meta, the middle of the game, is because people are just constantly evolving 25%, you know, 50% of their armies to get them over that hump that they, they didn't cross the previous time. And players uh, getting and so, more confident with their skills yes, and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, figuring out how to to adjust to certain things on the on the fly i injected into the meta yeah there's also something to be said for the fact that when you have two you know big dogs of the meta that being chaos space marines and eldar that have been the big dogs for months the targets on their back get very established and the ways that people understand how to unpack those problems get very well understood as well and so when everyone knows what the questions you need to answer are when a whole bunch of new questions come in that you didn't consider before, you didn't have to consider before, absolutely you get some shakeups like we just saw this weekend. I was playing with a buddy over the past weekend, and uh, he's playing Eldari, and it trying out different things in his list. And, and one of his comments was that um, you know people are aware of the tricks that the Eldari list proposes, and so they are don't necessarily walk right into those things anymore or figured out ways to play around them. Uh, or even prevent some of them from being, you know, having a big impact in the game, which is a, it's a, not, not saying they're not powerful and, you know, cannot, st- you still have to do that. You're now changing what you may want to do during the game, which is, very, is a very powerful thing, but people are very aware of that. So that's what we're talking about when uh, you say that those things are known quantities is not only do people know they're going to be there, but they're familiar with the, I'm using the air quotes, tricks that the army is capable of doing. Well, and exactly to right. that point, you know, we, we also saw, you know, Chaos Space Marines doing pretty well. They had this resiliency on the field. They could still dish out a lot of damage. And, and 
you know, to everything you're, you're saying that over time, I think it's been long enough that folks even just, okay, so we've got the Space Marine Codex, we've got four extra detachments that came with it, we've got the Tyranid Codex, and now you suddenly inject the Necrons and, and Mechanicum, and they have, you know, now the Necrons have more options, and it's just that much more to react to, building on your point of, you know, the questions that have to be asked, and, and suddenly what you have to be prepared for, and you bring on something with uh, what I, you know, I argue the balance of the Necron Codex and how it came through with the the different dynasties it had it you know there if you stuck with the baseline the the baseline from the if you want to call it the index or what have you of this edition as it came out didn't change too drastically much uh for the necrons but as a lot of it comes through we saw this resiliency aspect that has continued i think they had some some endurance to them but i i think that that took a little bit of a backseat from the space marines uh, as the space marines the iron storm or, or whatever firestorm and and so on and so forth uh, as, as that kind of built up. Yeah, don't you love it how, you know, just, just a little bit of a tangent, don't you love it how Bane Blades and Space Marine Detachments all work off the same metric of having, like, one word that remains exactly <laughs> the same no matter what? Yeah, fire, iron, storm, storm something. Ha- hammer, course. blade. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. It's a beautiful it's system. Good. It's a theme. Oh, yes. There's a theme. Sure. <laughs> 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 Uh, the Necrons, though, rocket it with, uh, I think, what is it? What's the detachment they were rocketing with? The Canaptic Court seems to be Canaptic real Court, popular. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know why. I, so so this two word, these two words I have an issue with, um, I guess, from a fluff point of view, because the whole purpose of the Canaptic portion of the, the faction of the, the species is that they maintain the courts and they maintain the, the infrastructure of the, the Necrons while they're asleep and they defend it. So them having a court is kind of an oxymoron to me. Uh, <laughs> Not, I'm not sure, uh, like, there's, there's a little bit more to it, but okay. I did set us yeah, on a bad yeah, path, by the way. It's the Canopic <laughs> Court. <laughs> I put too many too many uh, A vowels in there because, you know, from the south. Um, Very strong detachment, though. Um, it takes what is an army that... So the people talking about this detachment in the Necrons as being the one that kind of has the most holistic um buffs i guess the, the most holistic package you can take and that's a great way of thinking about detachments now in the, in the new game of 10th edition you think about the package that you're picking to apply to your army like the package of buffs package of stratagems enhancements um and this one has what people are calling the most holistic ones because they have um enhancements that uh, have both you know have, have in, infiltrate access so they give you something you, you can't get anywhere else they have Stuff that enhances, but enhances durability, offense, and defense, and, and they enhance, you know, via what I just mentioned about infiltrate enhancing mobility as well. So they, they really has a tool for most occasions. Is is kind of what you want out of a lot of detachments. It's a lot of reason why people liked, you know, and still go back to the Gladius or the inv- or the invasion fleet for Tyranids and Astartes, despite them having you know a swathe of new detachments. This is the kind of one that people are saying is it for the Necrons. It, it kind of has a tool for for everything you need in the game. Uh, let's let's talk about what the what it does. So. Uh, the detachment rules has a power matrix. Uh, your deployment zone is always within your army's power matrix at the start of any phase. If you control at least half the objective markers within no man's land until the end of that phase, no man's land is within your army's power matrix. 
at the start of any phase if you control at least half the objectives markers within your opponent's deployment zone until the end of that phase your opponent's deployment zone is within your army's power matrix uh, each time a model in the in the in a cryptic or canoptic unit from your army makes an attack roll Reroll hit rolls of one. Uh, if such a unit is wholly within your army's power matrix, you can reroll the hit roll instead. So this is this is cool. So this is what I love. I love the 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 kind of balance in, of this of this thing because what you want the buffs in order to help you to clear the objectives, but you don't have the buffs when you're trying to clear the objectives. So once you get the objectives under your control, and it's beautifully keyed off phase by phase, so that you can you can trigger it in the shooting phase in order to have it have. You know, an active, in, in you know, damage enhancing buff in the in the combat phase, etc. Yeah, it's um, not. Yeah, it's not a uh, roll shooting attack or any attack. It's just two hits. Yeah, so this works for both. Yeah. Exactly right. So it's really cutely worded, but you have to work for it. It's not just like one of these cool. I picked a detachment now. My army is better traits, which annoy me. Uh, but they are, you know, facets of the game that we've always had. Uh, this one, you have to work for it a little bit, and in, it's it, it's in the the exchange of the game. You, you're trading on an objective, and the longer you can maintain, you know, established control of like, you know, half, half or more of the objectives, you're going to get more return. You're going to increase your ability to win the game. Um, I think it's beautifully well designed. Is what I'm saying. Red, you played Necrons. I don't know if you've had a chance to mess around with with this particular detachment yet. I, I well, I mean, it's kind of funny that you know. First of all, if if we go back a little bit, there's a lot of as the Necrons rolled out, and especially with the adjustments to their secondaries, right? There's a lot of complaints about Scarab swarms and whatnot going out. Uh, I I still think that Scarab swarms actually carry a lot. I'm sure some folks could argue it, and that's fine. But I do think that a large again, it's it's not about tabling your opponent necessarily it's just the fact that i have to exist and you have to take me off the objectives to get you know to get there and scarab swarms i i think still should not be underestimated uh i do mm. uh previously i i did enjoy um the wraiths uh, i you know back when wraiths used to have three up end bones and everything i gotta say i i enjoyed that quite a bit i do I happen to have <laughs> right, yeah, who would, right? I mean, and the fact that they could phase through walls and all the other cool stuff, like, they were No expensive. one that ever played a Wraith ever failed their save. Kind of like, <laughs> yeah, Zoanthropes. <laughs> but I, I think that it's it's in that same kind of vein. I mean, I, I, I'm not uh, disappointed that, you know, to play, I may have to bring out, you know, all 18 Wraiths again or something like that. Uh, I think that there's a lot to that, especially as you mentioned, Adam, some of the, the flexibility with the movement, the, the infiltrating and whatnot. It's definitely going to put something up there that can uh, can really kind of carry the fight into the board. And then you've got to, again, you've got to get rid of them. I mean, they, they have a four up interval now at this point, of course. Not too much has really changed about them. Like, I, I don't think you're suddenly just looking at threat overload. I think it's really about presence overload. Um, and you've just got to pick these off because at four wounds and toughness six, I think that's right at that. And they, they are OC2, which is nice with movement 10, so on and so forth. I mean, they're, they're just a great unit. I think that they cover a lot of things uh, as they get into it. And then you attach that crypt deck to them and he gives them a five up invuln and he allows them, you know, command pro the, the uh, reanimation protocols piece and everything. The, the and infiltrator I think just... stuff we're talking about is the dimensional sanctum, or at least one of the things we're talking Correct. about is dimensional sanctum, which is a 20 point enhancement for a cryptic model. Only models in the bears unit have the infiltrator's ability. So that's, you're, ta you're talking about adding a crypt deck and that's, this is yep. why. Totally worth it. I mean, again, it's just, 
it's one of those things you're looking at it like yeah i can totally see how this does it i mean i don't adam i, I acknowledge you and you say this is this is the the detachment um i, I don't believe it's the i don't believe it's the only one i think it's the one that's most well-rounded for, I, I think initially i i, I do want to highlight i mean even the baseline detachment of uh the, the command protocols of plus one to hit and then talking about putting you start adding some of these things together and what the different teams can do devastating wounds and like when you look at immortals and i think there's a couple things out there that it, it's and this is what i like about this edition and the detachments and how these codexes have have uh developed adam i think you're 100 you know you look at it and it, it does stand out and it does i think you can see the strengths of the the canoptic court to the point that you're like yep this one answers a lot of those questions mm. we we're talking about right out the gate but then i start looking at some of the other aspects and you look at these immortals i'm pulling them up right now but the uh the immortals with Tesla carbines that assault and sustained hits too. Um, and then you start adding one on top of that. And then you start looking at, uh, they, they re-roll re the wound roll, um, especially then the or it's wound roll of one normally, and then re-rolling the wound roll yeah. on an objective yeah. mark. And you start making, you know, put that to 10 and then add on some characters that then add devastating wounds. And we start seeing a lot of problems popping up real quick. Um, I, I think there's just some other things to be explored in this codex. And I, I, I'd like to say that it definitely has not been fully tapped out. And I, I'm mm -hmm. really excited for one weekend. I think some people brought some really great stuff initially, uh, but the, the codex isn't done kind of revealing uh, itself. Uh, jumping the gun a little bit, but the hypercrypt detachment is the one that excites me the most. Anything that gives me bonuses for taking a monolith and encourages a monolith and makes a monolith feel better <laughs> on the table. <clears throat> all about it. All about uh, it. Baby. I don't want to, I don't want to smooth past the point that red just called this, the flash in the pan and like the, the out the gate list, which could be the case, by the way, we saw that with things like orcs and links of OTAN that came out really strong for, you know, when they were first released and then people gravitated away from those like just click three ofs what they think is the best unit and and try to win and things got yeah, a little bit more nuanced do, do y'all think that was a response to the meta changing around them to adapt to what they had or just people having more time to digest what was in the book and adjusting either because of the hobby lag or you know are moving towards what is actually better long term uh, I think the hobby lag's a real thing. I mean, I just think that some of these things catching up. I mean, again, like, you know, everybody bought you know, the old starter set with Necrons. Uh, I say old. The one that just came in the last edition, uh, Indominus, between Space Marines and Necrons. And how many people were, were really throwing their Plasmancer on the table. And then when you sit here and you look at this, and I go back to those Immortals, and the Plasmancer has the ability Harbinger of Destruction. While this model is leading unit, each time a model in that unit makes a ranged attack, a successful unmodif unmodified hit roll of five up scores a critical hit. Like, we're, again... I. I can't say I've seen very many plasmancers, but the the ability and the hobby lag to bring some of these things in and what it's going to start looking like, I, I think it's really going to play into the development of the codex. And we have enough time now, specifically for okay, so we've got space marines, we've got tyranids, now we've got necrons and admech. Um, we've got a little bit more until LVO, um, just enough that I think that it's people could come to the table with some really interesting options so for sure. you are absolutely right i just googled which one the plasmancer is <laughs> it was not was not the one i thought it was 
That's right. I, I thought it was the guy with the, the boxy cube thing where he's turning people kind of inside out, but it's just it's just a dude. It's just he's just a guy kind of standing there, pointing at you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, pointing it's, at his brain. It's coming for you. He's telling you yeah, no, he's right pointing now. at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's coming for you. Yeah. Legitimately, you could rock up with any old crypto tech, call it whichever crypto tech you want, and I'll just blink. It's just, just, I, yeah. I think that's the commonly accepted thing, too. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is for now, but it's. I tell <laughs> well, you what, there's, there's going to be some differentiation. I want the Plasmancer. I, I mean, if you say you're gonna, you're gonna run a Chronomancer, I want to see a dude with a Necron Rubik's cube. You better have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so, I mean, does this, does this same issue, you know, hold over for the, the twelve hundred, you know, points of you know, Primaris lieutenants? That's not the Reaver Lieutenant. That's the Phobos Lieutenant. That's not the Phobos Lieutenant. That's the Combi Weapon Lieutenant. That's not the Combi. I could actually keep going for hours, by the way. That's not the Combi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Is that the Power Sword? That's the Power Sword Plasma Pistol. That's not. That's the Power. What, that's, yeah, yeah. With the And I totally agree. Acknowledge all. Like, yep, you're, no one should really dispute it in such an ordeal as long as someone doesn't have literally every, you know, variant of techno or crypt, crypt tech on the table. But the shame here really is, is that, okay, the Technomancer with the little scarab thing underneath it, the Canoptic Cloak is cool. But when you actually look at the new models they came out with for the Psychomancer, the Chronomancer, mm-hmm. uh, the Plasmancer is kind of, uh, I'm not going to say it's a bad model. It's just not nearly as dynamic as these other two. The Psychomancer and the Chronomancer are honestly really awesome looking models. And the Psychomancer has this like digital skull thing. It's like shooting. And it looks amazing. And it's a shame that, again, we just don't see him that often. Maybe soon. Uh, Now that detachment that you brought up, Adam, the Hypercarp Legion, uh, that is guys are a neat ability i don't know if you want to mention it yeah so it's very similar to what the gray knights have uh, for a strike force uh, game or you know incursion or whatnot it'll give you an amount of models that you get to put in reserve at the i believe it's at the end of your opponent's turn and then they um come back on the board in the reinforcements of your turn you know if they've got strategic they come back from strategic deep strike come back from a deep strike etc etc uh, yes, but it really allows if your opponent's turn you can select a number of necron units from your army uh, based on a chart, you know, the maximum yep. number of units can select depends on the b- battle size and a strike force is up to three units. Yep. And then there is a very good enhancement. Let's you select one more. So a lot, if you're playing 2000 point game, you could have four units bouncing on and off the table. Uh, it, it creates a phenomenal amount of um, flexibility. Uh, it enables you to just to just play tactical objectives, just rip them off the top of the deck and be like, pretty much no matter what, I have a great chance of scoring every single card in this deck of 16, which is a very powerful place to start. In addition, uh, it's got two stratagems that specifically buff the monolith. And I already said I'm all about that. I do still have some issues. Like, functioning the monolith, I mean, if you're going to take it to an event, please make sure you are aware of what terrain you are going to be playing on and what rules, you know, there may be to, you know, hopefully assist you in making a monolith work. Because there, are, I play on some tables where I can deploy it, and then whether I can move it is questionable. <laughs> like, can it move? Question mark. Um, Going back one second before we get too deep into this is that the enhancement we're talking about is the dimensional overseer for 10 points uh, while the bearers on the battlefield or in strategic reserves add one to the number of units from your army that you can select for the hyperphasing rule. So good. So 10 cool. points. That ain't bad. Ten, 10 points. It is a bargain. Everything that you are doing, you're just doing more of. It's uh, Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. Uh, it also has some very decent buffs for... 
Um, oh, sorry. Like I said, you get a, you got a you got a one CP strat for a four plus invulnerable save on a vehicle. You select a yeah, one necron vehicle that is the quantum deflection and the hyperphase recall. Now, this is one of the very powerful things you can do. And this is your opponent's shooting phase or the fight phase, just after an enemy unit has shot or fought. It is a two piece two CP stratagem. So this is one of the most expensive stratagems in the game. But luckily, it's not a battle tactic, so your opponent can't tax it with Kaladus assassins, etc. Um, one necron's infantry unit from your army uh, that has one or more of its models destroyed as a result of the attacking unit's attacks and one friendly monolith. Remove your infantry unit from the battlefield and set it up anywhere on the battlefield that is wholly within six of your monolith model. And your monolith model is a very big model uh, and not within engaging range of any enemy units. So you can just kind of throw out a big unit of, of something, something durable, race, necromorias, whatever you've got. Let them try, let them pull all their models out to try and remove you off an objective of some kind and then you know after they've lined up all the shots the first one that knocks one down you just two cp beam them out after they've exposed everything to try it i think it's a really really powerful stratagem Thank and there are. is okay. i believe there's one more uh this one is the dimensional corridor this is the other one that keys off the the monolith um, specifically this is also two cp so this is a very thirsty detachment but <laughs> you I, need a little I, bit to ramp up that's kind of like a necron you do thing. well they gotta they gotta hang out for a little bit and then you can turn the juice on hot tip from me this is the one where you want to take the new the brand new awesome Stormlord model um imatech because he gives you one extra cp at the start of the the start of the battle oh sorry the start of the battle round so or so, sorry start of the your player turn and so he can really help you juice this up get you get you more cp moving etc uh, etc et of course playing tactical objective and discarding a card could also do that but you're playing a, a, an army that is so good at scoring cards you don't want to feel like you have to discard ones you might be able to get you never you always want to feel like no matter what you pull you can, you can go and get and score both of them but anyway dimensional corridor your life and also you know we're going to talk about this maybe as we go on is that with the the durability of the Necrons being able to, like their base army rule with reanimation protocols is, you know, they are around longer than some other, you know, other armies. Mm. Whether or not, they, not every unit you take in may be back in a punch, you're able to be there, just continue to score points for all five turns of the game. Yeah, agreed. Now there's two more strats I really want to, I really want to mention, but the dimensional corridor one is the two command point one I was talking about. It happens in your charge phase. Uh, one Necrons unit from your army that came out of your monolith, essentially that turn, you are still eligible to charge. So that really lets you get aggressive, especially when you're, you know, redirecting units through this thing, deploying them through this thing. Because every turn that you're putting things into reserve, they can be coming back through your monolith, I believe. So it, it, it does, it gives you a lot of power. And the last one I really want to key off is the fact that, you know, with a lot of forethought and a lot of really cool synergy here, the biggest issue that you're going to have putting four units into reserve every turn, oh, sorry, up to four units to, into reserve every turn if you take the enhancement, is that they, they're in there for the command phase. They don't get to trigger reanimation. They, they don't get your, your basic army ability. They're off the board to get it. So for one CP, reanimation crypts, in your command phase, your um, for each of your Necron units in reserve, that unit's reanimation protocols activate. So for one CP, you can still get that army rule. If you if you were to tell me, Adam, there is a one CP stratagem that lets four units get just models back, I'd be like, that is a cranked stratagem. That is one. <laughs> that is a phenomenally good stratagem. Let alone those units being in reserve, and then and then you have full knowledge of how many units they got back, how many models they got back before you place them back on the table again, before you decide where you're going to put them, you have full knowledge. You know, oh, this one didn't get enough wounds back, so I'm going to I'm gonna put it here instead. This one didn't get enough wounds back, so I'm just going to use it to go into this corner and get points instead of, you know, trying to fight for an objective later, stuff like that. You get really a lot of power from this stratagem. I think it's uh, really, really good. Bread and butter. 
I like that. And the eternity gate on that monolith is, yeah, in the reinforcement step of your movement phase, you can select one Necron Amateur unit from your army that is in either in reserves or on the battlefield. Uh, then set them up anywhere on the battlefield that's wholly within six of the model of this model, the monolith, and not within engagement range of one or more enemy units. And of course, has the, the restriction of you cannot declare a charge this turn, but oh, you can if you, use, you do the other thing. GCP, baby. That can be expensive. I mean, do y'all see this as a as a kind of a hungry faction in general yeah. for CP? Th- very, very th- uh, CP. CP discipline is going to be very important to success, I think. Oh, so for, that, for that uh, right, I think there's some a couple things that you can do, like the um, there's overlords that can help with managing some of it, um, just because they you know just like in other factions they give free stratagems, but in this detachment specifically, I, I'm not sure that that necessarily helps. So it's just a there's definitely a balancing act to that. The overlords um, have the my will be done rule. So once per battle round, uh, one of your uh, one unit from your army with this ability can be targeted with a stratagem for zero command points, even if you've already targeted a different unit with the stratagem this phase. So similar to how like captains and stuff can bring in in space marine force. Yeah. So as a again, here we go. Uh, another tangent. I need to draw some attention to page. Um, 84. It's right actually after that Hypercrypt Legion, and I just happened to be going through it, and there, so first of all, that first photo, uh, there's a piece of terrain back there that I think everybody has, every Necron player has always been like, you know, is GW gonna drop that piece of terrain? Are we gonna actually get that? <laughs> and no, that is that is a custom piece of terrain that they've had. I think they've answered that question several times. While it looks amazing, I'll tell you what, that Lady Oleander right there, uh, there's a version of a, a satan model that's what i'm assuming that is um that thing is awesome that is an amazing conversion for a, a satan that i'm super excited to see it, if that model is spectacular the lady of it is. is glorious yeah. model and, has anyone got one uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, i play night haunt Damn. Yeah. well they, um, that one definitely it... translated really well <laughs> um is it is it easy to put together um it's not bad there's she's got this like um vine like thorny vine that kind of twists around her that i've managed to break a couple times but thankfully it's been a clean break um and that's also partly just because i am a hurricane when i'm playing games (laughs) um but yeah no she went together pretty well I mean, even for a model having what they call attendance in the Night Haunt faction, uh, there are definitely worse models to put together than her. She's pretty good. What would she be the uh, shot of? Like, what, what, what star god? I mean, that's a great question. I think people used to think that the... Uh, it's funny, I think people used to think that there was some more feminine aspects to the Void Dragon before it came out. Uh, that, I mean, not, I, I was just thinking just not, more Nightbringer. Yeah, I think that, Have, that yeah. they've got... Yeah, it's at this point, you know, if you're going to make it look like something, I think she, she really plays into that, for sure. Spectacular model, nice, nice point out. Uh, so, like any of these codexes that are coming out, they're gonna there's six detachments that you can choose from to to pick. And uh, you know, last weekend we did, we saw everybody tell uh, gravitate uh, towards the Canoptic one. Yeah, not but not because necessarily the Canoptic units themselves. They were juicing up the basically doing a lot of power up on the Necron Immortal unit. Yeah, so there is. Um... So I don't believe that the the list that went the distance at the largest event this weekend didn't have the Immortals, but I think all the other ones did. Uh, there is a a pretty savage combo that um, Red kind of was pointing out with the, when you have the the Tesla Carbines and you can give that unit devastating wounds. 
So then you can have, <laughs> you can have, you know, double ex- uh, sustained hits two, you know, double exploding sixes. The good old the, the Tesla, the Tesla rule. Um, you can be, you know, farming, you know, extra hits by rerolling all your shots, and then you have rerolls to wound as well. So you're just going to try and farm out as many sixes for devastating wounds as possible. Um, the Canopic Court gives you all of that, um, and a lot of people have thought that this is too good. Um, a lot of people are saying, ah, oh, this needs to be capped. This needs to be capped. You know, mortal wounds that need to be capped. These, you know, these are devastating wounds now. Um, and they work a little bit differently. But, uh, yeah, this is a very potent thing. But the difference here is it's stratagems, it's a character, and it's an expensive unit. People are making a lot of um, comparisons between this combination and what we used to see from the Kassikan bomb, um, or what people colloquially call a unit of Kassikan that were, in, were uh, used by a uh, the Barbican's Key relic from the end of ninth edition in that the astromedial yeah. time codex when they would jump over a bunch of cp would get spent and they would just absolutely do a crazy amount of damage this is a i, I think about double the points for this combination um and it's uh the the hits that go th- that aren't devastating wounds aren't don't have any rent don't have any um penetration whereas the the Kassikin units have ap2 ap3 um on all their shots that weren't devastating wounds so i i think it's actually just fine because usually it's one of these units and we have dealt with similar units like this forever i think this is just fine um but yeah this is a very strong thing that people need to be aware of there can be a unit of immortals in reserve that walk on the side of the table or pop out from here there everywhere and just do a huge dump of devastating wounds on you is do you think it's maybe so powerful seeing this so powerful right now is because of how uh like value trading units is in the game and, yeah, and this comes out and deletes one, and then well, there's nothing to take it back. Genuinely, I think that the only reason this has got such a spotlight on it is because it's the only thing in the Necron book that really does this much shooting damage. So one of the things I will say about the Necron Codex is while the durability has been kind of way more spread out throughout the throughout the faction, it used to be that fantastic. Here are your two durable units: you have your Lich Guard or you have your Necron Warriors. Take your pick. Everything else is kind of nowhere near as durable as these two things. The durability has definitely been spread out more throughout. Of course, race being the next the next hotness, but there are lot of things that feel more durable than they were in the index but the damage the the damage output has kind of stayed the same they're not that lethal from range it just so happens that they have this one ultra lethal unit in an army where the rest of the stuff doesn't feel that dangerous gun wise and so that's why i think it's getting a lot more attention than it it, it possibly needs yeah no one really having their units deleted yeah no one well that's the thing though like i got a unit of aggressors in my army and it will pop out and with enough buffs in the Gladius, two aggressors can kill most units in the game that aren't vehicles. Just two aggressors. Two, two, just two out of the pack, you know? Um, or there's a unit of Devastator Centurions that literally yeah. will kill anything in line of sight. Necrons <laughs> have exactly one unit comparable to those two I just reeled off. Space Marines have two. So, you know, what are we really talking about here? Yeah, the, some of the success of the Necrons also we're talking about is, you know, granted a few units, a couple of tricks and everything, but also the durability that they've had they've had that for a while now that kind of got a little bit curtailed uh with some after the last balanced data slate uh but there's yeah in the game right now i think with the lethality of, of everything you just mentioned like the game is very lethal now mm. a player will come up to this army and play against it and their lethal stuff won't feel as lethal anymore and is that just a like a psychological blow that might create in their mind like a lopsided experience and something they have to get over you know or you know is that just what it is yeah. For most part, I think it is what it is. Um, I think we all just have to, to to acknowledge that every time a new book comes out, the goalposts are slightly going to change for the player base. We're going to have new issues to address, new things we've got to contend with. Uh, fu- fundamentally, uh, when you think about the problems and the questions that the index, the, uh, the Necron Index gave to us, it was pretty much a case of, can you kill my durable unit? If you can, my army is, is a cakewalk. 
if you cannot kill my most durable unit, my army is a phenomenal problem, which you probably can't handle. That was the, it was very much a binary equation when facing Necrons. And there were a lot of armies that did have the solutions to it. Case in point, one unit of, um, of Leagues of Votan Hearthguard can just table like as every, every Necron warrior in the zip code. Just slap it down, they're all dead. Um, <laughs> it, and there were, there were various other units that could do, this, do similar. Those goalposts have changed, but the question remains the same. Can you kill X Necron wraiths in a turn? Can you kill six wraiths in a turn is, is now the new question. Um, I'm not sure it's necessary to kill all six in one turn. I think killing three or four is probably enough if you can do that consistently or you can do that in two places at once. Um, I think that's perfectly acceptable for for my current read on things. I haven't had a, a huge amount of, of games into the into the book. Um, but uh, you need to switch your profiles. And it used to be that uh, it was just massed shots. Anything that had blast on it was the correct answer. Now it's no longer the case. You want things that are multi-damage and have a decent enough strength. Um, Devastating Winter is also a very good thing here because, of course, the four-up in You're saying strength because you got you to hit that, that T6. You got to hit that T six. You got to be you got to be T six with pluses to wound or or better, or you got to have lethal hits um, with rare rolls. So space marines have a lot of access to that. Aggressors are still a great answer to this. Lethal hits and, and oath of moment, you'll probably do the job still. Um, you know that just seems to be a blanket you know cover all. Uh, devastating wounds are still pretty good here, negating that you know half damage mitigator on the uh, the four plus invulnerable save. They still will have a five plus um, feel no pain. Then there's the kicker. Because these problems get so much easier to solve when you kill the very easy to kill Technomancer that's strapping that five. I feel no pain on the unit. So all, all, just just expect that every single unit of race you come across across the table is going to have feel no pain because they've got a Technomancer strapped on the side. That guy is toughness four, handful of wounds, and is making that army, making that unit a third more durable. Break out a little bit of precision. A little bit of precision will go a long way against, against Necron Wraiths. Precision is kind of a big deal. Like when you can work it into your list, if you don't have it in your list, access to it at all beyond like yep. the, the challenge mechanic, maybe time to look into the codex and see your index and see if there's anything in there you weren't looking at before. Now, counter to that, there is a one CP stratagem um, in the Canoptic Court to resurrect a character, which is uh, Curse of the Cryptek. This is a one CP strat. Your opponent's shooting or fight phase just after an enemy unit has shot or fought. One Cryptek model from your army that was destroyed by one or more of the attacking unit's attacks. You can use a stratagem on that model even though it was destroyed. Until the end of the battle, each time a friendly Canoptic um, model makes an attack that targets an enemy unit, add one to the hit roll and one to the wound roll. So if you do kill that... <laughs> If you do kill that Cryptek, they can make you easier to kill. Uh, so you're not getting out of it scot-free. At your own peril. Yeah. We'll take a break. We may come back with a couple more comments on this section here, and maybe we'll talk a little bit about the Admech. That's uh, that's something that's, uh, you know people are a little bit wary about. Is, is that a good one? Can people jump back in with the Admech? We'll see you in a second. FTN is brought to you by Discount Games, Inc. Please visit them at www.discountgamesinc.com. And don't forget to ask Jay about ways to save even more on your hobby projects. Hey everybody, we are back. Uh, and Red, during the break, you were regaling us with some things that you do not believe that people have uh, gave proper attention to in that Necron book. Yeah, I mean, it's just a parting shot again. And I was looking at it, and as I stated, I and I appreciate this too, we saw some things up front. The book drops, and we're all like, "Okay, yep, that's awesome. Let's do it." And you know, immediately, all of us uh, 
most of us dug out all our rates and put them on the table. Um, what I'd say, though, for a lot of folks, I mean, especially in the last edition or so, you've seen plenty of folks running a number of Lich Guard, and I still don't think that they're going to get shelved. I think that that formation, the detachment that's specific to the Silent King and Lich Guard and uh, Triarch Praetorians is actually going to still have enough to hang around. I mean, even the Triarch Stalker alone, as we look at it with the heavy gauze cannon ray, it's not super serious, but as you start looking at a, a vehicle that's T8 with 12 wounds and a 4-up invuln save, it's heavy gauze cannon ray at 24 inches, 6 attacks, hitting on 3s, 8 strength, AP minus 2, 2 damage, and it's also got lethal hits. And after it finishes shooting, it starts removing cover. Not game-breaking by any means, but it definitely can pick up some, some things along the way. And then you start looking at the Lich Guard and Triarch Praetorians. I mean, the Praetorians, haven't you haven't seen them too much, but then they you put them on here with this Rod of the Covenant, and they three attacks skill three up strength five ap minus two two damage and that detachment has so many little bonuses that i think the synergy again it just doesn't stand out to us up front that i think a lot of this starts to play together as you add in everything they do for wounds and as you put uh, you know i was talking about the overlords into the formations and the catacomb command barges and the abilities they bring and I actually think that they won't have, they won't struggle with CP nearly as much in some cases as you start to play that out. And so just throwing that out there, food for thought. Again, I don't think people need to, to just put all their Lich Guard back in storage and bring out all their wraiths, and that's the only way to play it. I, I do think that there's some more utility to it. And I look forward to, to seeing if anybody um, sees what I'm seeing, I guess, and, and is able to bring it on the table and make it work too. So things to evolve into kind of nice. Yeah. Changing sure. gears just a little bit is the Adeptus Mechanicus and, and did not get the fanfare that, that folks had just immediately jumped to with the Necrons yet, or at least didn't have the success the Necrons had over this past weekend. Uh, but what I've seen is the players that are choosing to go with the Adeptus Mechanicus uh, are using the Rad Zone core. Uh, which I think it's it. hilarious. That's an awesome opening ability. The bombardment, <laughs> I think it's great. And I got to, before we even get into the Rad Zone core, I got to say, the, the cover to the Admech book, uh, I want to know where that model is. Where's that dude? Where's that? Let's let's bring him out. Like, that's not even Belisarius' call. That is like some awesome, like, like look at the cover. Look at that dude. It looks cool. He, he looks awesome. Where is he? I want him. Uh, like, make your own mechadendrites. Go go nuts. It's one fine. of the coolest things. <laughs> no, back to the Rad Zone core. So it's pretty neat, and this is something that we have we don't see all the time. This is stuff that's kind of crept in every now and then as like a pregame damage dealing thing that has been used really sparingly over the years. I mean, the, the decades of Warhammer. And reads is this, is at the start of the battle round for each enemy unit within your opponent's deployment zone, your opponent must decide whether the unit will take cover or stand firm. Uh, you then roll a D6 for each of those enemy units and apply the relevant result below. On a 3+, plus, if they're standing firm, that unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. If they take cover on a 5+, plus, the unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. Uh, so, but was it with the butt? Uh, aren't they battle shocked? Do they count as battle shocked? Oh yeah, and that unit. Oh yes, 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 yes. I thought you yeah. would know. They yeah, that's there's. It gets worse. Um, 
the, the unit is battle shocked if they stay, if they take cover. Yeah, so you gotta you gotta stand firm and take the two thirds chance of the models, or you can you know take the one third chance of the models, but you automatically counter battle shocked. Yeah. So it's I mean you can do some funny stuff where you cycle this, where you're like, well, I'm just gonna put two units on an objective, and then every turn one of them is gonna one of them is gonna stand firm, and the other one's gonna take cover, and then they're gonna alternate. Um, but for the most part, this is cute. I like it, and it's got some decent synergies in it as well. Um, so there's now there's a new um, there's a new enhancement here. Hang on one second. It does a little bit something different in battle round two and onwards uh, at the start of your command phase during the second and third and fourth fifth, fifth battle rounds. Uh, on a roll of a three plus, the unit suffers one mortal wound and must take a battle shock test. So that's what you were, I think, referring to with uh, with doubling up on things as the game progresses. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they've got a really cool, uh, like I said, enhancement here called radial suffusion, which extends the range of this by six inches into no man's land from your opponent's battlefield edge so sorry from your opponent's um deployment edge so you know it there is a lot of missions where there will be uh objectives in that range like that are just outside your deployment zone or you're playing the ritual where people want to just step a little bit outside deployment zone and then create their own objectives well now if you're standing on the objective you're probably within the the radial suffusion range and you're still getting bombarded uh, i think this is really cute and this is there this was the index one but they uh, unlike many of the other unlike the gladius unlike the um the invasion fleet and i guess the um reanimation um dynasty did get some tweaks this one has had a a, a bit more of that it's, it's had maybe a 30 percent, 40 percent change and all of it for the better some really cool stuff yeah that uh enhanced we were talking about the radials of fusion is 25 points so quite the investment but also quite the disruption to what your opponent's like whole plan like when you think about it is like okay if you fail it once or or you know the d3 turns into a three one time not that big of a deal but like the you know it's cumulative with the other tests mm. you might be taking and then you know it could it could very well be on a unit you've just given away wounds to that is otherwise a very hardy unit that you're not wanting to give yeah. away wounds to like you know some of the things you're talking about earlier earth kit aggressors you know there's all kind of stuff so, that yeah. you would keep those wounds. Um, now there's been a lot of consternation about this book so a lot of the a lot of the admec players are a little bit you know unhappy with portions of it hey, we are we are nerds and we are passionate people everyone's going to find something i think uh at times to be unhappy well, well with. sometimes people um, want their their army their units to be they, yeah. better than they happen to be at the at the moment i Correct. i'm very much guilty of that sometimes me too i do there is there is one that i will give them and i'll absolutely back the army rule doctrine or imperatives does not even affect all the units in the book so the army rule for the army doesn't affect the army it affects the horse cybernetica <laughs> It affects a portion of the army. <laughs> and I understand there's probably some thematic elements to that. There's probably some narrative things that they're building there. But it is. The like fact the robots, some of the robots are is. essentially, you know, brainless. Like, yeah. You know, from from a, a relic of technology or they, you know, don't, but they have no immortal parts to them and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so you know, there the, is a little. Yeah, never, never, never mind the Necrons who like just kind of like answered all your problems to, to what you just described. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> but so the but the I guess the thing is like then they made a detachment to just give the army rule to the stuff that didn't get the army rule. Why not just give everything the army rule, or at least make an army rule that applies to everything, and then different stuff applies to different portions of the the thematic elements of the army rule. I, and that's the criticism well, that, I've I've heard leveled at this. 
but that I, I honestly I take that point. I, I've loved what they've done with the detachments in a lot of way, and I know that by limiting detachments to only certain units, and I think you kind of see it play out more so in the Admech deal than we've really seen it play out in any I would argue many of the other codexes, except for you know Necron Codex. We didn't talk about the Annihilation uh, detachment, which is the Destroyer Cult piece. Uh, it kind of has some specifics to it in a very similar sense that this codex does as well. I think they were trying to create this balance to it where, well, only these units get these bonuses. Yeah. Um, when you, again, I said the, ex- the exact same thing happened last edition when we were looking at, um, you know, core versus non-core and whatnot. Yeah, uh, yep. they, they played core very strong against Necrons and some other factions. And then it didn't apply to Space Marines whatsoever, and because everything had core, you know, eighty percent mm. of the Codex had core. And then here we are again, looking at Admech, and they have they have niched a lot of these uh, different detachments into very specific builds that exclude bonuses to others. Whereas again, you roll up the Space Marine deal, and some of those detachments are incredibly generous in how they apply those bonuses. It it feels like a a penalty instead of an enhancement or some kind of flavor theme is what I I understand that frustration. Yeah, I get. I I, I, but I also understand where they're coming from because the. There's literally three very distinct kind of sub factions within the Adeptus Mechanicus or the Cult Mechanicus. Well, sorry, the Adeptus Mechanicus. One of them being the Cult Mechanicus, one of them being the Skatari, one of them being the Cybernetica cohorts. Um, so they wanted those to feel like different things in the same umbrella. And I suppose to that extent, they have done a good job because they do feel quite different. Like I will say, um, flavor wise, the Skatari Hunter cohort feels exactly like I think a Skatari force will would play in my mind, as in they are just like lethal, mindless killers, um, quick, kind of spindly their gates are wrong they move they don't you don't like watching them move you, you, you guys you guys ever watch return to oz yeah one of the things that i grew up most terrified of in my entire life was the wheelers from return to oz oh um, snap dude they just their legs are too long they move wrong <laughs> just <laughs> that's that's skitari to me too creepy yeah it, everything is wrong the wheelers man they just yeah apart from that entire movie being an absolute you know what the hell were they thinking <laughs> sure that was arguably not a kid thing with some of the, it, dude. It the really wasn't. I went. I watched it when I was like eight, and I was like, "Oh my, what?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Adam, books get dark. Adam, Adam never rollerbladed again. Never, never recovered. <laughs> never recovered, man. <laughs> uh, but with this, you know, we, with the Admech and having them be the different routes, you get the the codex seems to kind of force you to take if you want to use those models or get those abilities. I think it's going to take a little bit longer for people to crack, you know, the, what they think is the or what is the most efficient list. So we did just have two uh, events over the weekend where Skatari did, uh, sorry, um, Adeptus Mechanicus did quite well, but they came third at an event in Sweden, and that that army was using the the Rad cohort, the, sorry, the the Rad core, Rad zone core, yep. uh, which is the new name for the Rad cohort, um, which is better as an improved name. I will, I will I'll give them that. Rad zone core is legit. That's a great name. Um, <laughs> And that this is like a skate park from the name. <laughs> yes, dude. Well, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. I was joking about names that could be the Foot Clan hideout, and Radzone Core is one of those names. Um, <laughs> but uh, he had uh, what, three Dune Riders. He had some Corpuscari Electro Priests. Very nice to see them. The two big bricks of breaches, which I think are um, quite mandatory for the time being, because they're, they're like your. They're one of the few units in the Adaptive Mechanics Army that feel like they they are good in combat. They are durable, and they can shoot. 
whereas a lot of the other ones feel like they can only be one of those things. Um, and then he had a bunch of chickens, which I think chickens are, and by chickens, I mean anything on long legs. The, the Iron Striders the, or Dune Striders. And the, the, the Dragoons, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he had a single Battlestari, and then two Dragoons with Gisales, and then two single Dragoons with Taser Goats. So five chickens in single units. And I think this is really clever because they are extremely cheap. Like the, the Dragoons with the with the Gisale, which essentially is just like a sniper, I got a, a guy in a crow's nest on legs with a sniper gun. Um, and it's only 45 points for a, oh. a very annoying to remove yeah, for the fast moving vehicle. was it yeah like more than a handful of wounds or maybe just yeah, a yeah you want you, you want to talk about how good we, we we always talk about how good rhinos are at the moment and how just making people shoot your rhinos is just the, one of the biggest power plays you can do like making using your rhinos so well and so <laughs> annoyingly that people just gotta kill it absolute win imagine doing that for like 30 less points that's the dragoon with the Gisele. like it's just <laughs> and these things are really quick they advance and shoot they fall they fall back and shoot they just are so frustrating and they are not worth killing um and you're gonna have to so i actually really like this list i think it's really cool all right so it's kind of cool they had some success i did not know they had, had pulled down a third place that is yeah it's nice any bad uh the the sidonian dragoons with the radium gisales is what you were talking about move 10 toughness 7 that's actually higher than i thought it was going to be a three plus save seven wounds so i guess technically more than a handful of wounds um and then oc2 yeah baby and has 45 points what is that what is that point per wound uh, 45 divided by 7. <laughs> yeah. 6.4285, whatever. Yeah, so, it's close. yeah, six, six points per toughness 7 wound with a 3 plus save. That is bargain basement territory. That is crazy good. Uh, so, they have focused hunters at the start of the battle. Select one unit from your opponent's army until the end of the battle. Each time a model in this unit makes an attack, uh, the targets that unit, you can reroll the hit roll. And then the uh, broad spectrum data tether. Each time you select this unit as a target for a stratagem, roll a d6 and a 5 plus you gained one command point uh, apologies it must be the um i forgot their different data sheets now the the taser goad and the gisele so it must be the taser goad triggering i guess the advances and the fallbacks and the things uh and the other has precision the radium gisele has that precision and uh yep the taser goads are different things uh the taser lances uh those abilities they have is the dynamic efficiency this unit is eligible to clear a charge and turn in which it advanced or fell back and you can reroll de a desperate escape test taken for this unit which is pretty good mm. uh each time you select this unit as a target of a stratagem same thing roll a five plus uh you get one command point with their data tether nice yeah range weapon on those sorry i guess we more care about the, the melee weapon has the anti-walker two plus lance sustain hits two four attacks uh hitting on a four plus strength seven neg to ap two damage piece with the watch out sentinels yeah. chase oh. <laughs> anti-walker <laughs> the death to other chickens the walker on walker combat uh, all right i can see these being well they're 60 points for the the um the taser go dragoons 45 for the desales i mean it's it's what 200 210 points for four toughness seven walkers with seven wounds each, that's incredible value to just to just kind of screen out, run around. Even just those two Gisele, um dragoons sitting on your home objectives, like the, the all those all the all the units that people usually deep strike into your back zone to try and harass your home objectives, they don't do anything against toughness seven. Uh, yeah, and you're actually talking about firing the precision weapon too. Thirty six inch range. Uh, it's only got one attacks, but it or one attack, but it is three damage. It's just a is it a transferring aquabus as well? Like the Gisele profile is pretty similar, yeah. Uh, so anti-infantry three plus nice hits on a four strength five 
AP neg two, three damage piece, precision, and then heavy. So yeah. you get a plus one Easy. if you stand still. Yeah, I mean, that's on your backfield. You're right. 36 inches is longer than you think, especially when you're moving to where an objective is going to be. Yeah, for sure. Well, so people check those out. Those not have not been on the table, I don't think, for people in a while. Hmm. So I want to I want to talk about the uh, Skatari uh, Hunter cohort for a second here, right. which is the detachment of of the Aptus Mechanicus that I, book that I'm I'm most excited about. Um, Skatari infantry mounted and Iron Strider Ballistari units, so essentially all the Skatari units from your army have the stealth ability, and each time an attack targets a Sakaran unit from your army, it's more than twelve inches away. Benefits of cover, so minus one to hit and plus one save when you're outside twelve inches, and you you you're in cover at all at all times, which really does enhance the the fact that most of the Skatari models have you know low toughness middling armor save that becomes quite good uh you have a one cp stratagem for just five plus feel no pain just slap it down five plus feel no pain it's on um sakarin uh taraxi or sidonia units from your army so you can use it on the dragoons you can use it on your um infiltrators and rust stalkers and you can use it on your on your you know pterodactyls i guess is the best word for them there's also a <laughs> there's also an advance and charge stratagem yes get in let's go uh everyone's happy to see that and there's a bunch of pretty legit um enhancements the best of which actually there are three very good ones here but there is one that gives infiltrate and scout six now, okay if you do not know if you do not know how these work together um the you, you essentially you deploy your infiltrators in the deployment step and then you wait to see who goes first and then you scout so if you go first, you scout aggressively. If you go second, you just block out their... I mean, the best thing about this is that when you play World Eaters, you just block out their scout, you know, because they all want to scout yep. move turn one. Because they can't scout within their... nine inches of the opponent. Exactly. So if you, you scoot up there and, and basically consume that space, then you block them off from doing that. So they, they so you infiltrate in a line nine inches away from their deployment zones. They can't scout out. And then if you go, if they go first, you scout six inches away, and now you're 15 inches away from them, and they still haven't left their deployment zone. Uh, or you, you go first and you scout in front or whatever you want to do. But it's just a very powerful thing to just slap on an enhancement. The fact they get to scout after they infiltrate. Mwah! Chef's kiss by Adam. And you think that just the like the volume of bodies you'll have in this detachment because you're playing the the Skitari, it will make use of this well, rule a whole lot. I'm not not that, not the one we're talking about, but the stealth always having stealth and in cover. Absolutely, so. absolutely. When you, so there's a I guess uh, this this is maybe a little deep for people, but in there, there's when when you look at the overarching design philosophies of a lot of codexes, there's kind of the two um, spectrums, the two ex, uh, the two spectrums of the imperial, I guess, ideologies. You have the the ones that move towards the more space marines and then pass the space marines to the custodians, as in like we are the super soldiers, we are you know more than man, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and then you got the other spectrum where we're like we're literally just dudes, leave us alone. And there's the Astra Militarum and I guess the the Brood Brothers down there on the left. Um, for the longest time, it was kind of you had the the middle the middle imperial factions, which was Adeptus Mechanicus and um, and bah, 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 Sisters of Battle. Um, kind of sat in that middle one where the sisters were a little bit more towards the space marines kind of spectrum side of things within the imperial you know super faction and you kind of had the admech that were like next to them and kind of a little bit more towards astra militarum now in my head what's happened now is that those have both been knocked down but more towards the astra militarum side of things and leagues of votan has kind of whilst not being part of the super faction is kind of taking a little bit of that identity they're kind of uh, they are kind of looking like that we are quite close to being marines but playing marines adjacent and so the identity has needed to be shifted of these two other factions look at what Astra, look at what um Adesta Sorota's taking out they're taking like 30 arco and all their lists they're taking a lot of 
you know, less power armor, more mechanized and, you know, more of the, the, you know, ravenous, you know, hordes of the Ministorum. And now the Adeptus Mechanicus has been kind of, you know, been pseudo downgraded to a four plus ballistic skill army. They're, they're no longer, they, they were three plus ballistic skill for the entire of their identity up until this point. Now they are four plus in 10th edition. And so they're looking like more like the Astra Militarum build and more of a skew or a new take, new imagining of Astra Militarum because you're very much encouraged to take a lot of units, a lot of models and get the most out of what you, and make the most out of those ones rather than going toward more of the elite side, which like what I, what I was saying, like Votan is looking like it's more going that way now. So this is just this is just the, the crazy places my brain go to. And feel free if that did not resonate with, with no, you at that's all. That's an interesting I take. No, I think uh, figuring but, out the identity of an army sometimes helps you, you know, either know you're being, you know, against the grain and, and maybe know what that, that path needs for you or helps steer you towards something that's more you know, easy to to adapt. Well, it's G-Dub has this enormous burden of of of, of we what that we demand upon them that we want all our armies to feel different we want all our armies to feel unique and flavorful and reflectful of the fluff but also enjoy it enjoyable to play and dynamic with depth and fluff and, and yeah all these things and but then when you have so many armies that eventually is just guy with gun which is kind of what you know so many Future's armies place yeah well you know leagues of votan their their core unit is just a guy with gun Vanguard and Rangers for um, Adventure Mechanicus, guy with gun. Imperial Guard troops, guy with gun. Um, you know, there are so many of those, and they need to make them all a little bit different. Otherwise, there's there's no reason to play anything of these things. There's no reason to play any different. You just get one army, and you play one army, and it always feels the same. Nice. So it, they've got they've got a lot of pressure on them. Like, uh, we are that's our that's the crunchy part of the show. Anybody working on like some some uh, holiday time projects? Uh, my repaint is going well. Um, for my first iteration of my guard list, I'm about halfway done. Um, but this holiday season, I'm going to be painting some Death Corps of Krieg. In the same color scheme? Uh, yeah, like a, same colors, but different sort of variation, I suppose. But yes. Nice. Yes. I think that they're going to be um, like a burgundy color. Burgundy with gray, so still kind of drab and in the same color palette. Uh, I've been a little slow with my painting. I'm still working on those same Space Marines I was talking about from a couple of weeks ago. Normally, I, I like get them turned around, but it's like the uh, I'm having to find that motivation for what I consider to be like the hobby chores, like the portions that I that I don't like get as much. Like, and I don't mean the miniatures themselves, but I'm like specific tasks on the miniature that are are becoming are they they felt like hurdles and i've got to get away got to find a way to get over that so i can get these done going to the new year fresh so you're having hurdles right now oh it's yeah it's just the the same things that like i create these little mental blocks of like oh i've got to paint the pouches oh, i might as well wait till tomorrow to do that you know or something along oh. those lines uh, if there's if there is something on a model that i'm not looking forward to doing i do it first Oh, that's good tip. <laughs> then it's just done, and then I can move on to the fun things and end on a high note. What if that's all the model? <laughs> Get some contrast paints. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're really not looking forward to painting the model, I would suggest maybe getting it commission painted. Just saying. Nice. Yeah. There we go. Uh, that is our show this week. It has been a pleasure hanging out with y'all, uh, talking with y'all about Warhammer. Hope everybody's enjoyed listening about the Warhammer stuff. Let us, if you're building for Adeptus Mechanicus or the Necrons, let us know what you're building because, you know, 
maybe we feature it on the show and folks get inspired by it as well and we'll be back next week choo choo no stop for no stop for christmas <laughs> good night everybody see ya bye everybody said but i already subscribed you better do it too